0: So I'm here with uh, Greg Wachancey. And so, Greg, there's been two former uh, 2016 presidential candidates that have been in the spotlight lately. One, obviously, Donald Trump. But the other is uh, Joe Exotic, who uh, now has a Netflix <laughs> show about him and was a, you know, a presidential candidate in 2016. So I think it begs the question, Greg, if you could be president for one day, what would be just like one thing you would instantly try to do <laughs> uh
1: i have dis disband the government
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I so, mean, so,
0: all right so you're bringing an anarchist slaver to this russian uh to this russian focused podcast I, I, I mean
1: maybe disband the government is a bit too extreme maybe term limits would be like the thing that i would try to instill uh, rather than that um i just i feel like i feel like the you know just to get off on the on the soapbox here for a second like i feel like the people that represent us are too male and too old uh so i've i've long felt that uh, term limits would be uh, something that could help us to that end
0: there you go there you go all right well uh, with that let's get the uh, show started By the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley. And he is coming to Washington. Welcome back to Shapers Rink Radio, Um, joined here by uh, ESPN writer Greg Wyszynski. So, uh, Greg, how is the uh, quarantine life treating you?
1: It's fine. We're in the Bay Area. Um, I I feel like we've sort of been two weeks ahead of the rest of the country um, in seeing like toilet paper disappear from stores. And then obviously we were in Santa Clara County, um, one of the first places to put the shelter in place uh, thing going on and ban mass gatherings and things of that nature so it's been interesting to see how it's been playing out here locally which is people for the most part being very responsible about it um you know it's been depressing to see a lot of the businesses in my in my town uh close up and um in some cases with the restaurants trying to do whatever they can to still sell their products uh despite not being able to have people inside of them um, but it's been interesting to see the rest of the country um, kind of fall into the routines that we've sort of been able, maybe more familiar with for longer than other places have
0: yeah um so i mean in terms of sports i feel like espn has kind of on call it? kind of unloaded the barrel for all of the weird sports that they've uh, they've talked about and kind of had in the past so of all the kind of random weird stuff you we've been seeing on ESPN lately, particularly ESPN the uh, Ocho um, or ESPN the Nine, the Nacho, um, what has <laughs> been? Uh, is there any particular weird sport that you've really enjoyed?
1: <laughs> I've I've looked at them from afar. I, uh, I, <laughs> I I first of all, the last two weeks, you know, since the shutdown of the NHL, have been really busy. Uh, Emily and I have done like a lot of reporting and a lot of work, and there's been a lot of angles to cover, not only with what's going on in the NHL, but also other leagues canceling their seasons and, um, little stories here and there. So it's not, there's not been a whole lot of room, (laughs) uh, (laughs) for, for watching the Ocho, but there's also not, I mean, you know, when I do get a chance to kind of sit down and and watch something, it's not necessarily been, uh, something that i have desperately trying to fit into my sports uh, hole in life. Um, You know, it's been, you know, TV or or reading a book or playing video games or something like that.
0: There you go. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Um, So let's go in. So you wrote a piece recently about uh, that I think is titled, if I'm not mistaken, cancel the NHL season already or the NHL regular season. Sorry, important clarification there. So I guess kind of to start, You know what was the background behind you know why you believe that we need to cancel the season?
1: It's kind of a a double-edged sword, right? Like so on the one on the one side, it's the um, it's the implications for what might happen down the line, and the NHL is clearly has has asked its teams about building availability in July and August. Um, You know, it's it's probably going to be until the beginning of May, maybe middle of May before we get the next update on what the timeline is going to look like uh, as they follow the recommendations from the CDC and and, uh, health Canada. So the the further we get into the summer, um, the harder it's going to be to try to schedule around 31 different arenas and uh, orchestrate travel for all these teams. And, uh, and, you know, at the same time, you're going to have the NBA and every concert and show that's canceled arena dates, trying to reschedule at the same time. So, the logistics of trying to squeeze in the regular season or the rest of the regular season in the summer, I think are, are really daunting. Um, and the, the long view, the longer you go, the harder it's going to be to orchestrate the end of the regular season and a postseason and an off season, and then not completely screw up next season. So that's the long range view. The, the short range view is that you have teams like the Boston Bruins and the Buffalo Sabres, and there may be others that have been more vague about these kinds of things That are refusing to compensate their game night employees until the games are canceled. They're only postponed right now. So, or, or paused or whatever. So until the games are actually canceled, these people aren't getting any money in their pockets. And obviously at this point, it's pretty important to get money in their pockets because they're not working. Um, yeah. The other facet of it is that fans can't get refunds on their tickets until the games are outright canceled either. That goes for tickets you purchase through the team, through Ticketmaster, through third-party uh, partners like uh, StubHub and SeatGeek. Uh, if you if you have a ticket for a postponed game, you can't get a refund. If you have a ticket for a canceled game, then you can start the refund process. So um, for the short term, it makes ultimately the most sense to cancel the season as soon as you can. Uh, to put money in the pockets of people that need it. Um, and then you just do the heavy lifting on, on trying to figure out a postseason format that's going to involve some of the teams that are around the playoff bubble uh, that you know have shouldn't need to have to play the rest of the regular season to qualify.
0: Yeah, so I guess the other kind of big question here that I have is – At what point, if we're not playing NHL games, do we start saying the postseason is in jeopardy as well? Or do you think that we're already at risk maybe for not having a postseason? Oh, I
1: I think there's a big risk that we're not going to have a hockey season, if only because, you know, like every other league is canceled outside of (laughs) uh, the the American Hockey League, which is probably just hanging around uh, through, you know, the next few weeks. I mean, I've talked to some people around the AHL that, certainly don't believe they're going to play a, a, the rest of the regular season and, and are sort of wary about whether or not there's going to be a postseason. Um, but that's just sort of speculation. There's not been nothing official to that end. Um, and, you know, the unpredictability of all of this leads to leads you to believe that there's no guarantee that there's going to be a, a, any any hockey until next season. Um, that said, it is pretty apparent that they are determined to try to play the cup playoffs in some way, shape or form. Um, not only by reaching out for building availability, but also, you know, clearly canceling the draft and the, and the awards in June. Um, and sort of looking at the broader picture of we can get these games in even as late as August and then still have time to have an off offseason. Um, Bill Daly has spoken recently about how, you know, most of the business that gets done in free agency gets done in the first 10 days and the last 10 days. So you don't really need like two months of free agency to get all that that stuff in. So i th- I think that if we get a playoff um they're gonna they're gonna be I mean if they if they can get back to the ice, I think they're gonna do it. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be in arenas with people in them um, but I do think that they're going to execute one of their several dozen playoff uh, format ideas to try to play if if they, if they can, and and the if they can's the real taxing part of this because it completely comes down to um, restrictions on travel, restrictions on mass gatherings, which restrictions on social distancing, um, and on on what businesses can even operate, um, you know, in a few months. So they, nobody knows nothing, and, and but yeah. I, but I think the NHL is ready to jump back in if if they're allowed to.
0: Yeah, and I mean one of the kind of weird parts of this whole saga is that. There's a lot of freedom now, it seems to just if you're an uh, anonymous NHL exec, just throw out a playoff system and see, you know, what what people think about it. So you've obviously read and, you know, talked a little bit about what your ideal playoff format for, you know, the the uh, weird truncated uh, time that this this would happen. So I don't know. Do you have a particular favorite playoff format? And uh, if so, kind of what does it look like?
1: I think the easiest thing to do is just to seed uh, maybe twenty teams. If you want to expand it to twenty four, to get Montreal and Chicago's revenues in there too. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever, that's fine.
0: I can't believe you would you would question the integrity of <laughs> like that. How dare you? If okay. you, if you go
1: if you go to twenty four, I think you have to give some teams uh, first round buys. And, um, and I mean, and Detroit has
0: th- a big media market too, right? Why not? <laughs> that's true. <laughs>
1: Um, you give teams first-round buys if you go to, like, 24 teams, and, and the, the benefit then is at the extra rest for your injured players and then also extra time to kind of work on your games rather than having to jump into a playoff, like, a, probably really quickly without the benefit of having any games played before that. Um, if you go to 20 teams, I think then you just go to uh, the uh, play-in-game format that a lot of us sort of like for the NHL. Even in non-coronavirus years, which is to have the seven seed play the ten seed, the eight seed play the nine seed. You could do it as a play-in game. You could do it as um, you know a play-in series, and then you you the winners of those two just get seeded into your traditional sixteen-team Stanley Cup format. I, I think that's the cleanest, easiest thing to do. And um, if you go by points percentage, you're, you're roping in uh, a lot of teams that are are I think. In, on the bubble around the bubble and and rightfully would be pissed off if they didn't get a chance to um to finish the regular season
0: yeah I mean, what is it Winnipeg I think is like what point zero zero one in terms of a points percent away from being a playoff team I think so, correct yeah yeah that would be tough it's the it only the of- only
1: teams that get boned in that scenario I think are um I think Arizona might still get boned in that situation if they I did it by
0: Columbus would too, right? Cuz I think Columbus well, has if you, a if lot If you of
1: go points. to the 10 seed, right? So the oh the Columbus top... would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, the, if you go eight the top 8 right now, Winnipeg and Nashville are your or your wild card teams, 9 would be Vancouver, 10 would be Minnesota. Um I mean I mean if you just go by straight points, by points yeah. percentage, I think it's the same thing. I think there there isn't a scenario if you go by the teams currently in by points percentage or if you expand it out to 10 teams in which the Coyotes would get in, um, so they're going to need uh, uh, you know an ex- a much more larger expanded playoff for for them to finish the regular season to get in.
0: Yeah, and and so there's pretty much no hope you would you would imagine as we just kind of talked about for any kind of ramp up period, right? So the regular. season... Oh no, I think
1: I think there's yeah. definitely hope. I, I there is okay. Sure, I I think the NHL <clears throat> wants to play regular season games or have games before the po- the playoffs because I think they want to squeeze as much revenue out of the season as they possibly can. I mean, yeah. and, and to do so in a way where teams that aren't going to be in the playoffs can get a few extra dollars of, of money from, from having home games or whatever. And the players themselves have been pretty adamant as they, they've been in the last couple of days when they've been doing these media calls about having games before the playoffs, just to get, you know, their, their feet under them and, and get in shape. Uh, you know, Connor, Mc, Connor McDavid said, if you end up playing a Calgary Edmonton, playoff series after like months of layoff, you're going to end up with AHL players by the end of the series because like everybody's going to get hurt. Um, So the players are kind of into it. And the most important thing to keep in mind about any of this format talk is that the NHLPA does have to sign off on on anything. They have to sign off on the Mm -hmm. tournament format. They have to sign off on the regular season format. Um, they, They have as much a voice in this as the NHL does. So if the players want a few games of ramp up or, or a few weeks of mini camp before getting back on the ice, you're, you're going to get it.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And uh, I, I I don't I don't know if you have any kind of reporting is the uh, are the PA and the, uh, the the NHL itself or the, had they been talking and kind of communicating throughout all of this? Because I know that on the baseball side, they actually just announced a deal in terms of service time and the uh, salaries.
1: Oh yeah, yeah no, they've they've been in constant contact and. Uh, I've, I've talked to both sides. The conversations have been pretty cordial. I mean, at this point, how could they not be, um, when nobody knows anything about what the future holds and the lines of communication are very open. Um, there's been a a good exchange of ideas and, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, there's been contact, but I think that's also speaking to something that people maybe don't really understand is that all these teams that are on the sideline right now, um, you know, the, the machinery is still spinning. Internally, like I was talking to a couple GMs this week that are still holding, you know, four to five meetings a day with people through uh, video video conferencing and conference calls. Um, the scouting apparatus, they're, they're not out looking at people and, you know, looking at prospects, but they're doing their evaluations. The draft boards are being created. So, you know, when the, the we get back to playing, hopefully, and, and then after that get into a truncated off season, these teams will have still been... Operating at uh, at their usual pace um, and and getting all that information together and and figuring out what they're going to be doing uh, because that's still kind of an ongoing process.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is a Capitals podcast, so we do have to ask a Capitals question. Um, So we we've said as Capitals fans that pretty much the uh, only way that Alex Ovechkin misses games is he gets suspended. He just doesn't seem to get injured or you know anything like that, but. You know, I guess we can now add um, acts of God to like <laughs> uh, reasons why Alex Ovechkin isn't playing hockey. So I don't know. Do you think that this affects the chase for Wayne at all? I mean, we're talking about 13 games, but, you know, if this is going to be a very close call, do you think that this could be the kind of thing that maybe swings it to uh, him not being able to catch it or maybe his desire to even try to catch him?
1: I mean, there is certain, it, it certainly is sort of Im- impactful. Um, uh, you know, this is the third time Ovechkin's lost an opportunity to kind of gain ground on Gretzky, uh, assuming that he came if he, if he had come over to, from Russia for 2004-2005, which we assume, and then 2012-2013, um, you know, it, it, in theory, you're looking at three 50-goal seasons that have sort of been truncated because of, of work stoppages or acts of God or, or what have you. Um, yeah, I mean... It, it's it's going to be a bit of a bummer
0: <laughs> yeah. to not to
1: see to see where he would have ended up this season, um, but I but I do think that you know he's still very much on on pace and on track. Um, he would need, I think, the latest uh, thing that I, I saw from ESPN Stats and Info is that he would need, if he could stay at uh, six point one three goals per game, uh, which is kind of his career average, he'd need a hundred, another uh, three hundred nine games. If it, say, drops to 0.5 based on the the games he's played this season, then it's a 378 games. So, you know, hopefully it, it's something within that range and uh, and he can still, you know, be somebody who who's clearly, you know, on track to breaking one of the, the quote unquote most unbreakable records in, uh, in hockey.
0: There you go. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, I have a few other questions for Greg, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio, still joined here by Greg. So, Greg, one of the uh, questions when I canvassed the Japers Rink crew for uh, for questions was, if you had to ride out the quarantine with one NHL player, who would it be? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, it, it would hopefully be somebody with a sizable wine collection. Ooh,
0: that's um, a good
1: call. Let's see. I... I <sighs> Maybe Phil Kessel.
0: Okay, because... that was actually where I was going. That's yeah, I kinda... feel like I feel like
1: his his. I know for a fact that he is somebody who likes to uh, grill, which yeah. would be good um, for you know just sitting around grilling meats. And also, if you wanted to watch quarantine. a movie
0: alone, you know, he's, yeah, he's I, I feel the like, perfect setup for that. I feel like
1: out of everybody in the league, that's the guy that knows how to lounge a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, I like that one. Um, all right, we have a question from JP himself. Um, so he specifically notes that the N- NPC, uh, SN Washington is simulcasting the rest of the Capitol schedule by broadcasting NHL 20 games with Joby and Locker on the call as the games <laughs> are being played. Uh, the teams and players are actually interacting with it. Uh, Backstrom recently remarked after his hat trick, uh, you see what happens when you can't hear Ov scream all the puck for the, uh, for the puck all the time anymore. Um, Papa John's is even offering its normal after day deals. Um, so the question is, and I'm quoting JP directly, should every market be doing this or is this the, quote, stupidest shit ever and merely the sign of a rapid descent into utter madness? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it, it's fine. I think, I think anything that you can do uh, and any, any coping mechanisms you might need Shouldn't be dismissed and shouldn't be laughed away. And and if if somebody out there wants the sort of continuation of a season in a virtual space, that's that's fine by me. I mean, at ESPN, we've been doing uh, rebroadcasts of games um, that you can you can watch on ESPN Plus. Emily and I have been doing sort of uh, these viewers guides for those games. So really, you know, any way that you want to kind of fill your life with some hockey and get a sense of normalcy and uh, not have to watch the news, I think is is fine by me.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it begs the question, or, do you play NHL 20? Have you thought, uh, is it at all anything you do?
1: I don't play NHL 20, but I play games. I, I mean, okay. we play, I play Fortnite a lot. Oh yeah, that's um, right, you're a big Fortnite guy. Yeah, I, like I. and then, you know, around here, we're playing Mario Kart and Mario Party and uh, and, and some games on the Switch. Uh, we started replaying uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, so, oh, that's a yeah,
0: delightful game.
1: <laughs> it's the best game, yeah. It's probably the best game of all time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we've... We, i don't i haven't played uh, a sports game with any regularity uh in a really long time and most of my video and, and the same thing with like books like i'll read a hockey book in season but come the summer when i have a lot more free time i ain't reading about sports in particular um so if i'm playing a video game and i have time to do that it's probably not going to be a sports video game
0: there you go um okay so then one other question that we got was um a, a kind of a different note uh there's been i think a lot of reporting about in various leagues about some of the various aftershocks of having a missed season you know whether it comes to how drafting is affected you know how scouting is going to work i don't know so in your opinion what are some of kind of the 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 reverberations of a canceled season that maybe your average person just wouldn't think about right away
1: oh man um i think we've all thought about a lot of the ramifications (laughs) of a canceled season that's Um, I I I I mean the, the the biggest one is maybe like just the calculation of how much, uh the the lost revenue is going to impact the players insofar as escrow and and how much the owners are going to have to get back from them to even out the revenue spread because remember it's a it's a fifty fifty revenue split between the the players and the owners the players will have gotten all of their money this season they're they're getting their last three paychecks um, they're going to be made whole they don't get a paycheck during the playoffs. Um, so they have all their money. The, the owners then at the end of the season calculate how much they need to take back to even things out. Uh, on the player side, I've, I've talked to some people who indicate that the escrow hit or the, the give back would be so large that it wouldn't even be like one season of it. It'd be multiple seasons in which the players are kind of kicking money back to the owners based on how much they're going to lose this year. Um, so that's, that's a ramification that maybe the, the average, uh, hockey fan isn't really considering just because it's not something we ever have to worry about. It's not our money. Um, but the players are, are going to have to, are really going to take a bath, um, on this if, if the owners, um, and, and the league doesn't get uh, a postseason up and up and running.
0: There you go. There you go. All right. Final question. Um, what have you, we got a, we got one more question. Uh, what have you been, uh, watching, seeing, doing with the quarantine, uh, or with, uh, you kind of being stuck at home? Um, is there any, because I know that people now are kind of playing catch up, I think a little bit, not speaking from experience at all on, uh, some of the movies that they've wanted to see, but haven't. So I don't know, do you have any kind of advice? Like, I know this is kind of a broad question, but what have you been kind of Watching, you know, slash reading, slash doing, while you've kind of been uh, stuck at
1: home. Um, I don't know. it's It's a weird, it's a weird question because for me, because I've I've worked at home for like twelve. No, no, I've beyond that. Like, I've worked at home for like twelve years now. I guess that's maybe maybe even more than that. Um, after I left the paper in two thousand eight, that I worked at. Uh, you know, I just I've never been in a newsroom on a regular basis. I'd go into an office now and again. When I was at Yahoo, uh, I'd go into an office when I was, you know, needed in Bristol when I was back East, but I've worked from home for a really long time. So for me and a lot of people that I know have, have been in that boat, it's been, it's been fascinating to see how people have a, adjusted to this. Now, now granted, it's a different kind of working from home. I mean, you can't go to your gym, you can't do, you know, anything, anything really. So it's a, it's a different kind of vibe, but like, as far as, you know, um, doing some work and then you know doing something else for a little bit reading or whatever like it's just kind of part of the routine that a lot of us have had um which has been interesting to see i will i will give the best advice i can give to somebody working from home now which is that um the morning is really important in so far as creating a, a point of demarcation between your sleep and your at home time and then when you start working so that could just be when you make coffee um, I highly suggest it, it should be uh, changing from one outfit to another, even if they're two different leisure outfits. Um, it's really important to kind of do that. Um, you don't have to like put pants on, but just like put on different sweatpants. And then at night, it's really important to have a, a moment. If you have the uh, the kind of job that allows this, that where you are, um, you know, not working anymore, and, and you've transitioned into sort of a period of relaxation. And one of the easiest tips that my wife came up with this. For that is to try to create a workspace in your home that isn't also your leisure space so in other words like if you're somebody who likes to put your laptop on your lap on the couch um and work from there don't do that go go find a desk or work at the table or something because that space on the couch that you're so comfortable in should later on be your relaxation place there's little things like that that no, kind that's of keep you, that's a good yeah little things like that kind of keep you sane working at home but as far as stuff i'm watching um uh, nothing, nothing really that we've been binging. Uh, maybe the only binge that we've had was we caught up on, um, Meet Shazam, the Jamie Foxx game show.
0: Um, oh, which wow, is sort I of thought about that in a while. It well,
1: it, yeah, it's 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 not a show that really grabs you when you see the ads, but we caught a an episode late late night one night on Fox and uh wound up really enjoying it. And it's basically like, can you guess the song in the time that faster than your opponents or faster than the Shaz- Shazam AI can um and and it, it kind of scratched our itch for like bar trivia stuff because you obviously can't go to bar trivia now um yeah you can't do it virtually as we did on tuesday with geeks who drink but um you, you can't go to a bar and do it um and then as far as like other stuff I, I, there's a ton of shit i watch on a weekly basis it's still ongoing and uh top chef just came back which is my favorite show Woo! which is great yeah i love Top Chef. and um other than that i, I mean i i just started uh picard because CBS is doing a uh, all access uh, trial and um, I was a big next generation fan, but not big enough to pay for CBS all access. So I'll just, uh, (laughs) I'll just binge, I'll binge Picard. It
0: worked out for you, I guess is the long and short of
1: it. The long, the long game worked. Yeah. Um, Either that or get it from a friend at some point. But so I started watching that and and it seems fairly compelling, but um, you know, it's, it's, I, I my consumption is not like I'm going to watch all the seasons of the Wire. My consumption is like, what do I feel like watching? You know, on a on a nightly basis. And the one thing, the one uh, movie I'll recommend that I did watch because I had only seen uh, bits and pieces of it uh, on HBO over the last couple years, or over the last maybe year or so when it's been on, was the uh, Lonely Island movie, uh, Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, the uh, parody oh, of was boy that bands. Good? Okay, it's hilarious. Um, okay. I saw some of the songs on, on like YouTube and then some of the movie on HBO here and there. I never sat down to watch the whole thing. I do believe you have to rent it from like iTunes. I don't think it's on streaming, any streaming platforms, but it is uh, it's really funny and, and like the right kind of like vulgar, goofy, funny that you, you might need at, at this point in time. There,
0: there you go. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of J. Perchmink Radio. Uh, Greg, where could people uh, find your stuff?
1: Oh yeah, it is. Uh, on ESPN, will be Alma writing. Um, it it is there. We're we're working our tails off, man. Yeah, it's you a, guys it's have an, been. I've been really. <laughs> <wrong>. <laughs> it's, an, it's a it's five it's five or six days a week. You're gonna find uh, new content new content on that site, and it's usually stuff that's newsworthy. Maybe it's stuff that's distractionary. It's a good mix of uh, news and sort of wacky uh, project type stuff uh, that will keep you interested and. In, And scratch that hockey itch. And then, of course, I've got two podcasts still going on, uh, ESPN on Ice, me and Emily Kaplan. Um, We had a lot of really good guests lately. We had the commissioners of both the ECHL and the Southern Professional Hockey League on to talk about canceling their seasons and the... Head coaches of the Cornell men's and women's hockey teams that uh, finished the season at number one in the country. Both of them did. Yeah. And then won't have a chance to play for a national championship. And then over on Puck Soup, um, we are very much built for this. <laughs> we <laughs> are, <You> uh, are. <laughs> we are a podcast that does not rely on last night's games to talk about anything. So it is uh, the usual mix of um, inane, uh, random pop culture topics. Um, and then also a lot of sort of... Um, uh, sort of one single issue oriented podcasts. For example, uh, last one we did this week was uh, picking the uh, best team to never win a Stanley cup uh, in a, in a 16 team tournament. So it's going to be a lot of that kind of gimmickry. And then um, we also have a Patreon going on where you can get a weekly mailbag podcast, two bonus uh, podcasts. And then also me and Lambert and my wife just started a new top chef podcast. That'll be uh, we'll be doing each week um, because we love that show so much.
0: There you go. There you go. And uh, as someone who is, uh, you know, follows all that and is a Patreon subscriber, highly recommend it. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, there you go. All right. Well, uh, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I appreciate having you.
1: You got it, bud. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No
0: problem.